Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Hi. Hello, Megan. Hello, Melissa. How are you doing this fine day? I'm well. How are you? Well, are you actually well ish? Well? <laughs> <laughs> to be like, uh, are you about, first of all, are you lying to me or are we lying to the audience? I'm well ish. Okay. I'm better. You know, I'm on the This mint. is the sequel to Grown ish, Well ish. <laughs> the sequel. I don't know. I guess it's actually a 
prequel. It's mixed-ish, so. Yeah, so then we, oh yeah, yeah. you decide what iteration you want to be. Yeah, so the 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 thirty year old version is well ish. That actually is pretty funny. Wait, that's actually <laughs> probably what it is to describe your thirties. Yeah, well ish. Yeah. Hey, that fits in with their catalog. Raven is part of the universe, so they should have her do one that's called Willish because she would be the only one that fits in the age range. I love that. Cast it. <laughs> Fucking book it. Sign it. Seal it. Deliver it. I'll send Kenya Beerus a text message. There's a plane flying by. That's a helicopter. Ugh. Do you remember when? This was like years ago, and I was posting it on my close friend's story. Um, I think it was before you moved. It was definitely before you moved. And it was like one Christmas, like one winter season, there was a helicopter. Like we were watching a Christmas movie in bed. And I just kept hearing the sounds. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, they're definitely circling. And I was like, but they're just so like loud. Like, what the fuck i was like is someone like blowing is it a leaf blower like what is going on i open my balcony window it's flooded with light like they literally it was the place next door was it and the, it was that day what? that somebody got stabbed you're gonna have to be more specific yeah i just remember one time i was on next door or not next door uh citizen, citizen. and somebody got stabbed like doors away from you and i sent you a message oh, that and happened was like, a good amount <laughs> it did it did it's la and like also yeah. half the time i don't even believe not that i'm not believing people who got stabbed but like i don't always believe when gunshots that's yeah. not actually no it's a lot of it's trying to incite fireworks fear or, or danger yeah. and yeah. it's like okay we're but fine the stabbing one was real because somebody was live on the scene and was recording. oh when that happens i'm like you guys get out of the street like go, go no go. You don't want to. I saw on TikTok this. There was like a a standoff, and these people were <laughs> looking out their window at this, this happening. And then a uh, Amazon driver was delivering a package. Here's the thing: they have no. They know that their job is fucked. They're peeing in bottles, so they reach their yeah. quota. You think a SWAT team is gonna stop him? He's like, right. I'm delivering this package, hell or high water. <laughs> Like, I was like, okay. And it was just so casual. The walk was so casual. Laxadaisy. Taking their time. It was just like, this man... <laughs> this person, like, does not give a fuck about what's going on. They're there to pay their bills and get uh -huh. shit done. They're like, I'm trying to get my bag and leave. I'm trying to give you this box and get my bag. And whatever you do in the interim... Before, as after, long as I that's get your my business. Picture, as long as I get the picture that it's been delivered, I'm going. I'm handing it to the SWAT officer, <laughs> and now I'm texting it to the person who's being swatted inside of the home. <laughs> that was so, <sighs> so wild. Okay, well, um, I guess we should introduce ourselves. We already said our names. What do we do here? What we do here is people call in, and they share their problems, issues, concerns that they have in their lives. And then we give advice. And you do it by calling this number, 310-694-0736. Was that correct? No. 310. looks like, I don't believe in God, but like the clouds sometimes make me wonder if I should. It just, uh, right when you said that, it got so bright. <laughs> no, Melissa, like I, again, like I'm not religious, but if I was, I would take this as like a sign. Like, you know, if someone was like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Like this would be saying, Margaret, I'm here. 
Wow. So I'm the gonna actual try again. Fo- I'm going to try again. I thought you were fucking with me. No. Oh, okay. 310-694-0976. Was that right? I don't know now because you said it twice and now you're in my head. I think I was right. Yeah. yeah. And international yeah. listeners, you can just send us a voice memo at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Good, 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 good. That is it. We do require that everything has to be under three minutes long. You will literally be cut off from like the Google voice number and then voice memos will be cut off by us. Snip, snip. So write it down, practice, time it out to make sure that you're within those three minutes. And three minutes is a long time. So give us as much information that's like relevant as possible. We can give the best advice that way. Let us know your age. Please let us know your pronouns if you would like to, as well as other people involved in said story or whatever you're telling us the situation. It is helpful for us to have like fake names as opposed to letters, numbers. We've really gotten away from that. I think we've like reiterated that enough. So you're telling a story. So like we got to be able to follow. The more relevant information you give, the better advice we can give. And you have to be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. And what would you classify the advice as well? Like, would you say it's like subpar? Would you say it's like run of the mill? Like, would you say it's just like, ugh? throw away i mean i exhale excellent so i of course wouldn't anything that comes out of my mouth is not going to be subpar and i know the same for you because i have high standards for the people in my life Facts. so what we lack in credentials we make up for in the big o opinions (laughs) opinions i'm viscerally reacting to this like i don't know if anyone's new here Okay, Melissa, this is not an invitation because like I, me today, to be I'm honest. telling you right now <laughs> that I am having bad sensory overload the last couple of days, mostly because I think our entire neighborhood decided that like no one was going to have their landscapers come on the same day. So like there's just been leaf blowers for like five days straight. It's raining. So they kind of just got to come when. Oh, you're, that's why I was like, why? Yeah. Fu- I was like, if this is okay. That is actually a massive relief because I was like, if this is going to become the new thing, like, I'm not okay. Like, this was what I was going to say, though. But this is not an invitation for you, Melissa, to do these noises. If you're new here, Melissa sometimes will do these horrific, god-awful, all the fucking time, (laughs) mouth noises and, like, just, like, sexual noises. And I've been making fun of her by then doing them. But I hate when she does. And I also hate when I do them. So, like, I'm not doing it anymore. It makes me uncomfortable when I do it. It's like, you know how you apparently can't tickle yourself? I can tickle myself. What? In certain areas of my body. Really? Yeah. I don't want to know where, but um, that's no, interesting. No, nowhere weird like that, but it's not like a consistent spot. There's like something I'm if I judging. like... I'm not judging. I'm just no, saying no, no, those, but it's some usually, things are just inside thoughts. No, but it's usually something weird like on my hand exactly. or something. No. It's nothing like... No, that's what I mean. It's not places where I'm ticklish. I mean, like right here, I'm a little... It, it gives the sensation of what yeah but like it it's all it it feels good kind of and you were yelling at me for making it sexual and here you are patreon you can see she was using a tool to stimulate her wrist a tool a hair tool and it wasn't my wrist it was the bottom of my palm that's fair Uh, we're gonna give some fantastic advice we're going to be hilarious. We're going to be funny. We're going to be like so cute and endearing while we do it. If we give bad advice, we've baked in our excuse and our get out of jail free card into the title of this podcast. Don't blame. Don't blame me. me. Shall we? 
get into it? We shall. Hi, Hi, Melissa. Oh, my God. Voice correct. I am calling because I'm trying to figure out how to navigate to tell my cohort mate and my friend um, that she needs to do her own work. So for backstory, right now my class is working on cultural humility projects where we're each assigned a different culture and we have to do research about that culture and their views on healthcare and different things like that. She got white culture and for reference I'm black so I'll explain how it all ties in that. So one of the questions was essentially thoughts on race essentially and she was trying to figure that out and she texted me and the only other black person in our cohort how do how does she present on white people's views of racism and I just feel that she should do her own work with that. She is also white. She is, her parents are European. And so I just feel that she should have to do her own work. But how do I tell her that in a way? I don't know. But yes, I just need help with navigating because it is like a lot of emotional labor for black people to explain race and different things to white people specifically. So any help would be greatly appreciated. Love the podcast. Love you, ladies. Sorry if it was rambly. I tried to write it down. But, you know, thanks. Have a good one. My uncle that I saw this past weekend, he he talked about how he went to his class reunion and from Arkansas. And he's like 10 years older than my dad. Definitely different time. Um, And he said that one of his classmates was like, what's it like being married to a white woman? which my aunt is white. And he goes, aren't you married to a white woman? (laughs) (laughs) What? Like if you're, the project is what is racism to a white person? Why would you ask a black person who has no experience with that? Yeah. Like, can, Hey, can you tell me what it's like to be white and racist? And it's like, well, no, I, I can't, I don't have a first person perspective on that. So this is like beyond just like the emotional labor in like a social setting. Like, like you said at the top of the call, like she's literally asking you to do like your project and her Mm -hmm. project, like homework, like a literal assignment. But also you have no experience with what her homework is. She feels like that she has to lean on you for answers that are going to be okay because she knows the truth. We know where you're look. We know who this is. We know yeah, where you're located. You say, yeah, if everyone wants to know, there's a reason why they're, they're, we, you didn't say the age. Like it was like, yeah. oh, they're gonna know. And we know where you live, and they they <laughs> have an answer. Way. Yeah, not like we know the area that you live in. And the thing is that this person has the answer, but they don't want to give the truthful answer, and that's a problem. Yeah, I'm also curious about like you mentioned that their parents are European. Like, are they? F- from like are they european like immigrants like her parents immigrated here like because white people like we're guilty of othering ourselves from other white people like all the time and even like white americans were guilty of and that's something i have to be conscious of of like there's no oh well i'm liberal so i'm one of like you know i'm a good one like you i have to be conscious of that but like her being if her parents are immigrants and like she is from they're from europe and they recently immigrated over like that othering yourself from other white people 
applies when you're European as well. Like white Europeans look on other white Americans and be like, oh, we could never have your problems. Like you have just as much racism being spewed from your mouths as we do here. Like it's, there is no kind of greater than, like it is all the fucking same. Also like ask somebody else in the class that's white. If that's the thing where you're like, I'm European and I don't understand, like I'm an immigrant, then ask a white person. Well, I just think that like if your parents are immigrants, like you have the opportunity then to not only address it in where you are studying and what you are doing and then comparing it to a broader European scale. Like you have Mm -hmm. you would then have your own experience as an American deal like with and then you would have interview your parents about like white people from Europe experiencing the same the same biases, like all of that same stuff. Like it's just like you've got an ample White amount of white. white like like they're That's not saying I mean. like yeah they're not saying a white american experience they're just saying white as a whole yeah and like Ugh. you're white and you're american and then you have your parents who are seemingly white and i don't i mean there's they are white but seemingly european depending on what's so like you have a plethora of white experience you have domestic and international white experience you are the cup runneth over white experience also if you're european you are the birthplace of racism so try again so what i would say to this person is i'm not doing your work for you and then leave it at that yeah i mean i i'm a white person so i don't think that i can give a ample and specific thing but like i personally think that if i and if i did this it would be warranted a warranted response to be like oh i'm i'm actually not white you might want to ask like a white person based on that like i don't have that experience like i don't think you need to tiptoe around Mm -mm. like anything like this was stupid no matter your response what she did was stupid she's gonna feel stupid like you have no responsibility that you you know this you have no responsibility to prevent the inevitable feeling and consequence of her stupid action yeah i don't i i mean if you want to be nice about it say hi whatever this person's name is i don't have experience with this so if you have questions maybe ask you know ask yourself because this is your personal experience or ask someone else in the class and if anyone's watching the patreon i did laugh during the call in case there's a lag or anything, I laughed at the phrase white culture. Just want to make sure that like it wasn't misplaced in any other location. I have a lot of thoughts. I think that white culture exists. Well, exists I was going to say the, the it exists in the raisins and the potato salad. It exists in <laughs> punching walls when they're angry. Monster energy it drinks. In, it exists in um, what was that? aesthetic that you're telling me about vanilla girl yeah that shit that is white culture well i was gonna say like the fact that i i I obviously don't know what the exact brief of this was but when you were saying we have to do like all these things on culture and like she got assigned white culture and one of the things like how does race and i was like oh racism white culture without a doubt like nailed it like racism is white culture that's why i laughed because you said white culture and then it was like oh no your teacher was not was not placating like white people into being like here you go like have a monster energy drink and like look at the shit stains in like their tidy whiteies 
it was like, oh, like racism. Like, yes, without like that is mm-hmm. woven into white culture. That is what is made in those white tank tops with the misogynistic domestic violence promoting names. Like that is yes. what it's woven in. So, yeah, this is wild. I we could literally call them up and they'd be like, hey, girl, what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, bitch, got a question for you. <laughs> I know you said that you're friends with that. You said it as a cohort slash friend. First of all, this podcast, I, before this podcast, I was like, what the fuck is a goddamn cohort? Like, literally had no idea. But if this person is like an actual, like real true friend, there's like absolutely zero response that you could have that would put that in jeopardy because the friendship is only being put in jeopardy should be from their side of their even asking you this. And mm-hmm. then you're the one deciding how this friendship moves forward. But like, you don't have to, and I don't need to tell you this, but like, yeah, you don't, you don't carry the burden on how do I respond to this? That does not affect our friendship because it's not a response. It's like, Oh, your reaction to someone's action. That's not what would then affect the friendship. It's <laughs> this re- you wouldn't have needed a reaction if the action didn't exist in the first place. Yep. So, and if she reacts badly, then she's not your friend. Nope. She is not. The only friend that you need is yourself. Everyone else is just bonus, and you're a bonus to them. Spoken like a true Aquarius. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck everyone else. <laughs> okay, next call. Yes. Getting into it, you can call me Bree She Ray, and my friend in this story, Carrie She Her, we're both 26. To purpose this, Carrie is autistic, and I'm neurodivergent but not officially diagnosed, and both Carrie and my partner are both behavioral specialists. I'm saying this to point out that neurodivergence just plays a huge role in this story. Carrie and I have been friends since sixth grade, but had a following out in college when she was in an abusive relationship that spiraled into her marrying the guy and alienating everyone in her life. A few years later, she divorced him, and we made up. Now, this story starts about a year and a half ago. Carrie and a few of her friends were going to help me by making some music for my podcast. This is important for later. Carrie came over to my house to hang out, and about five minutes into her being in my bedroom, I found out that she was sick and going to get tested for COVID when she left my apartment. To be clear, this is before vaccines. When I told her she needed to leave, she rolled her eyes and laid in my bed. After a few minutes, she realized I was serious and left. The next morning, I sent her a text saying that what she did was disrespectful towards me and my roommate, put our health at risk, and she should have told me so that I could make the decision myself. She ended up calling me and yelling me out and cursing for about an hour and saying that she knew it was wrong and how dare I bring it up. She also mentioned some stuff about my dog that was not true and just overall turning me into the bad guy. I ended up a fight just saying that we would be fine, but I needed some space. She pretty much learned the whole thing on her autism. A few days later, Carrie messaged me asking if we were still going to meet to talk about the music. She, in the same text, let me know that a family member of hers died and her par- birthday party was coming up. With some guidance from my partner, I just let her know that I would be finding someone else for the music and I still needed some space. This sent her into a spiral. That night, she called me over 30 times within two hours, came to my apartment and sat outside waiting for me for those two hours, and ended the night scream crying in my subway of my building. I did not answer the door and only texted her, letting her know that she was making me uncomfortable and needed to leave, which she didn't. Finally, she did around 9 o'clock at night. So, after this, I kind of ghosted to her. I didn't mean to, but every time I went to message her, I would just get a lot really anxious. Um, fast forward six months, Carrie stopped me in my alleyway to inform me that she was now dating someone, and they were renting a garage in the alley for his family member to use as an art studio. After this, I saw her all the time on my box, but avoided running into her. It was about a year of this, and it was very stressful. To understand how close they are, you can see the garage from my bedroom window. 
two months in, ago, her and her boyfriend got into a huge fight in the alleyway around midnight on a Saturday. The night lasted for over an hour, then yelling at each other, mostly her yelling, um, her setting off her car alarm multiple times, and so much more. We checked to make sure it wasn't violent and didn't get involved otherwise. After that, I thought they broke up, and it has been about two months. But about a week ago, I saw her again, and her car on my, is always on the block. And I'm assuming they're back together. I just need some advice on how to handle this. It's really stressing me out. Um, anything you guys who could let me know if it's, should I talk to her? Should I try to like clear the air? But that just makes me anxious. I don't know. Please help. Yeah, that is a lot. I know that y'all have been friends for a long time, but this is in this short amount of time is a lot of things to happen. And I honestly, I think that you're doing what you should be doing is avoiding her at all costs. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, as someone who's a neurodivergent, that can be the cause of like some behavior that like I maybe get overstimulated and I snap or my tone isn't great with something and I don't like realize those things. Or if I lash out or something like that, like I'm seeing someone's response to my behavior and most of the time like and I know autism is not the same as ADHD but in both senses of emotional responses and emotional dysregulation if I'm off base with like my tone and I am clueless and I'm unaware that's because the person that I'm with hasn't reacted to it so like I can say something that's like completely innocuous and someone takes it like the wrong way and I see that on their face, like, and I'm like, oh shit, like, oh, okay. Like there, or I have a friend who then, if I'm not even like clued into facial like responses like that, if someone told me that like, oh, this thing that you did or this thing that you said really hurt me, my disability, my neurodivergence, like ends at that point, like that, it, there's no excuse for that. Like, oh, my reasoning or the reason why I did that I don't get to double down and then use that as an excuse for not having remorse or understanding that I've hurt somebody else. Like I, it can be the trigger of why I reacted in a way that hurt somebody else, but that doesn't mean that that's okay. And that I don't deal with the repercussions afterwards. Like that's mm -hmm. just like not it. And I think you know that clearly, but I'm with Melissa. Like this to me is someone who's and I want to make sure that like I'm not referring to her autism as this, but like this is someone who is deeply unwell and like she's not okay right now. And she's being emotionally abusive to you. She's stalking you. She's making you feel not only like mentally and emotionally unsafe, like physically unsafe. She's imposing mm -hmm. her presence to your home uninvited. She's getting like places that are near you like if this was a romantic relationship, I think we'd look at it a lot different, just more differently. And like, I've had friendships with people where the friendships were like abusive, but like, I couldn't wrap my head around that because I'm like, well, it's a friendship. I don't owe this person anything. And not that I think that I owe my romantic partner anything, but like, for some reason, we just like look at them like apples and oranges and some behavior that we would never fucking tolerate in a romantic relationship. We accept in a friendship. I'm guilty of that. Like I've without a doubt 100% done that. I think that you feel this care and worry about her well-being based on her relationship history. And like, you know, she's she's made her relationship and she's made her life your problem because she then got that fucking, she spends all this time by you. And that's also a manipulation tactic. 
in that way. And I'm not doubting that like they had a horrible fight and it's so bad and all of that. But like you are being emotionally manipulated to not be granted the luxury of space from this person. Like you're being constantly, you're having to hear her argue. You're having to hear her like yell in the streets and all of that. And that's not a safety measure or a precaution because you didn't consent to that. So like it would be one thing if like I've had friends who've dated like abusive people and like it's one thing when it's like you're going to go have a conversation with them. I'm going to sit in my car and I'm going to be parked across the street with the windows rolled up and I'm going to watch and make I'm going to be there when everything's there and I'm consenting to that. And this is something that we're agreeing to like, agreeing to that it's a safety measure, but it's not a safety measure for you to be like looking in from your window because that's not something that's agreed upon because she's not safe for you. So you can't put your safety and her, you can't put her well-being above your well-being and she's abusive to you. And this is like, there's no air to clear at all. And like, if she gets Mm -hmm. like, does the work and she goes to therapy and she's like able to do like all these things and really grow as a person that will also have nothing to to do with you and you don't owe this relationship no and the person who should be apologizing or clearing the air should be her it's not you there's nothing that you need to say to her she's the one that was disrespectful and crossed a lot of boundaries with you i mean this is abusive behavior and you're the victim in this so a victim does not need to apologize to the person that is causing them harm and it's also not helpful to weigh victimhood in this sense where like if she's in another abusive relationship that means that that abuse outweighs the abuse that she's done to you so therefore it's your response it's not like it's just it's it's not ever going to be your responsibility to help a friend who's abused you when she hasn't apologized she hasn't done any of this work to that so like it's putting you back into that abusive orbit in that cycle with her and it's unfortunate that she's having these really the new relationship is not good and I can't imagine the stress because I don't think that even though you said that like you didn't hear from her for like two months that's not enough time for you to process this and like work through these own your own emotions with this you don't feel safe at your house and like you then hear her yelling in the alleyway and I'm not telling you to not look out the window and make sure she's safe. Like that's a, that's a, a natural reaction. And it's also mm-hmm. fine if you didn't do that, but you're not being given the opportunity to heal from this experience. And like, now you're feeling obligated to clear the air because you're having to be reminded about this all the fucking time. Like you're not getting the ignorance is bliss or the out of sight, out of mind thing at all. Like she's making sure that she's inserting herself into your everyday routine and outside of your home and just, you know, it's like obviously not into the the same extent, but like, you know, if you like go home for like to your hometown for like the holidays or whatever, like you're a little bit maybe more on high alert that you're going to see someone you didn't want, you don't want to see or whatever it is. Like there's just something that like you're not totally relaxing. Like your body just isn't relaxed. You're just aware. And that's how you are for most people, like at your job. Like it's just like someone who you work for could always walk through the door and like you're not getting 
that release of like the sanctuary and the safety and the comfort of home, she's taken that from you. She's taken a lot of these things out of your control. And to me, it seems like the only thing you can control is then deciding to move on from this. So then hopefully that would help. And I don't think that that's what it's come to. And I don't think it ever, I don't think that's ever the solution. I think that the only way that we can decide to like forgive and move on is if there's a remorse, there's an apology to forgive. And there's the the luxury of space and time to decide on your own without any external pressures or without her fucking presence in your fucking alleyway, that there's no consequence if you don't decide to move on, that this isn't something that you're faced with in that way. Do you know what, I'm, do you know what I mean? Like where it's like, this isn't a, and I don't want to say unbiased, but like, yeah, you're not able to un- make an unbiased decision that this is something that you want to do because you're in, there's the, it's a pressure cooker. So I don't know what your lease is like, but I would not say that it is dramatic or hyper vigilant or over the top to move. And that doesn't mean that like she's won and she like won the apartment. If you like love the area that you live in, your peace of mind is so much better and is worth so much more than that. And staying in a emotionally abusive situation or even in that vicinity, there is no winning at all. And like that, I think about that with when I went to college, like the amount of people who told me like, oh, don't drop out. Like you're letting them win. You're letting them win. And like, I I mean, I didn't last long, but I tried to stick it out. And like one of the first things I told one of my friends afterwards, I was like, I wish no one said that. Cause like I wasn't winning when I was t- trying to stay there. Like I was getting worse and worse every day. And the decision to leave a situation, even if it was previously good, that's not losing. Like those active choices to be like, okay, I need to make some changes here to adjust my life, even though other, and it's not because of, and it can't be because of the treatment of other people, because I value myself more. Like that's never going to be the losing thing at all. You have to pick you if someone else isn't going to, like you have to pick your well-being. But I'm so sorry. Like this is like supremely, supremely fucked up. Yeah, I've been through a sim, a, not this, not to this level, but I've been to a, through a situation where I lived close to someone that was not a good person and I had to avoid them. So I understand. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't confront her because I think it'll just make it worse. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to take a break now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are a part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got The Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. 
And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. And we're back. How was your break, Melissa? Um, I squeezed my finger. Where'd you squeeze it? With the clamp. Oh. I was doing that earlier. With those little monsters. was like, what are these little ones? I was like, Melissa gave them to me. Because <laughs> I have the big ones. <laughs> All right. Next call. Megan and Melissa, I'm calling in for some advice on a family issue. I am a 21-year-old woman who goes by she, her pronouns. To give some backstory, my mom had me when she was 15 and my dad was 17. Two years later, they had my little sister. Um, at this time, they had both immigrated here from Mexico and they were undocumented. My dad left us early in life. I think I was around four-ish. My mom doesn't like to talk about the subject and honestly, since I can't even remember my dad, I never cared to bring him up. Growing up, we didn't have much contact with him anyways. He would only call during birthdays and holidays. A couple years ago, he invited us to come and stay with him for the summer. But the idea made me nervous, so I quickly declined. Fast forward to a couple weeks ago, my dad messaged me and it read, Happy New Year, I hope to see you soon. I didn't think much of it and forgot to respond. When I remembered a few weeks later, I replied, Happy New Year. After a short conversation, he sent me immigration paperwork and asked me to fill it out for him. He said he was planning on moving back to the States and would love to see me and my sister. I didn't respond and later told my mom about the situation. You could tell she had her feelings about it to ask me what I was going to do. Um, I told her I didn't know, and it would actually take a lot from him for me to do this favor. My mom later told the rest of our family, who absolutely freaked. I have never seen my grandparents and aunties so mad. It was then that they told me my dad had left, and he cut contact with my mom out of nowhere. My mom learned that he remarried his ex-girlfriend through a mutual friend, and he was taking care of her child that was my age. Also, his mother and sisters were still here in the United States, would visit us often and never said anything. My grandma begged me not to fill out this paperwork, and I happily agreed. Um, also, I think it's worth noting that it took a lot of work, um, but my mom is now friends with my dad's sisters, and they work together. But they also said that I should not fill out this paperwork because he did not deserve it. They, however, do have a good relationship now. It was an easy decision to not fill it out, but now I'm stuck on how I should tell him. 
Um, I want him to understand he caused a lot of damage to my family, but I don't know if it's worth the conversation or if it's even my fight. I would love your insight on how to go about this or if I should even respond. Thank you. I love you both so much, and I appreciate your advice. I'm glad that you have those family members that were there and know exactly what happened, and they're probably still shielding you from a lot of the stuff that actually went down. But yeah, when his own sisters are saying no that means a lot mm-hmm. so yeah and that's you also vouching right. for his current character because they're still in contact mm-hmm. with him like and they're like no yeah so you mentioned that you weren't sure like you know if you should you wanting to tell like your desire to like tell him that like he really did a number on this family and like he caused a lot of hurt but not sure if it's um your fight or your place and it is like that's your dad and just because he was not present in your life and he like abandoned and fully ghosted your mom and he didn't raise you his damage like that affected you and like even if it's not like you're saying like you don't have a lot of memories of that but an absence of a parent is an effect of a parent like that's it's it it just it is and that doesn't mean that you would have been better off if you had a dad in the picture or anything like that. But just because you don't know him, because you don't know him, that it is your fight. That's what I mean. Like it's, he didn't have to, like him not being around was damage that he caused to you. And it might not feel as acute as the people who felt personally betrayed by him because they felt they had built this relationship on like trust and all of those things. But that's baked in when you have a kid. So abandoning your child and having no real pre-existing relationship, that assumption and expectation of that relationship is still there. Yeah. So I think that it is your fight. If that is what you want to do, I would say, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, I don't, from your tone, I'm not sure if this is like, if you are, how strongly you feel in the way that you want to, like, cause I think like, if you want to fucking go for it but if there's like a part of you that is like ah like i could go either way it's not going to be like it doesn't really matter that much to me like it's just it would be cathartic and would be nice but it's not something that i personally need to do for my own life i think if you're doing it for your mom like you can do it for you like and if i think if you are feeling like you want to do it on behalf of someone else I think if you're going to mention that, I think it's important to let that person know because they then become corroborated in that in that sense. But at the same time, you're seemingly half your mom and half your dad. So what she did to her affects you too. And it can affect you isolated from how it affected her. So mm-hmm. I don't think that you would be in the wrong at all. If you said it, I just also would ask yourself, doesn't seem like you have a specific answer or response or reaction you want to get out of him. And to me, that's the only time I think we should mitigate when we say something or when we don't is if there's only one response we want and the likelihood that we're going to get that is very slim and then it would make the feelings worse. You know? Yeah. I looked up because I had questions about who can fill out paperwork for family immigration and it looks like if your brother or sister is a U.S. citizen which I'm not sure if your aunts are but they could fill out the paperwork so if they are citizens I think that speaks a lot about the fact that he didn't ask 
his sisters that are in contact with him to fill out the paperwork as well. So that is something to take into consideration. But again, like Megan said, if this is something that you want to do for you, then cool. But there's other ways to build a relationship if that's what you want with him. Like you can build a relationship virtually. He can come just visit. He doesn't need like permanent residency, but it, to me, it just kind of, it kind of feels like he's using you to get what he wants. Yeah. And I just think that like, there are people who go through the process of, and I don't mean in the United States, everyone thinks that like Canadians are coming to the U.S. just trying to like the wine and dine Americans because they want that sweet American citizenship. Like that's a Fox News myth that is currently rampant right now. But in terms of like, quote unquote, green card marriages, like there's a little bit more effort put in to have it be a mutually beneficial relationship. Like and it like it does feel like it's coming. He can't even go through the motions of spending a couple months trying to like like let's I would love to get to know you more and then mm-hmm. spring like he's just right off the bat telling you that this is what he wants yeah. and then it's like well if you it feels also like manipulative it's like well if you get me this then we can pursue a relationship and it's like so you're not gonna no, do like can. what's the urgency as well like yeah if this is why you want to get this and you want to be in my life like you said you can be in my life without this and show me that you're not going to get up and leave because you don't remember him leaving, but your mom mm-hmm. does. And like, I, that, that you don't need him if he's not going to be a person that you need. Yeah. He, he has built no foundation for this. He's broken the foundation that could have been there and he could have stayed and been fine, but he chose to leave. And so, you know, if he wants a relationship with you, then build the relationship first. And then you can decide if you want to fill out the paperwork for him later yeah but i think melissa's right i think you should ask your aunts if that he did reach out to them because and if if they are i mean i would assume you probably know if they are citizens because yeah like you said like it does feel like oh you might be reaching out to the person who doesn't remember mm-hmm. the trauma that you caused so that might be you think that your best bet is someone who doesn't doesn't know you because you abandoned them versus the people who do know you right so That's not to say that, like, he hasn't grown or changed or, like, evolved as a person. But I do think that the people who have stuck by you in your life, it seems like they have your best interests at heart. And you've got more than enough people who, like, love you and care about you. And if he wants to be one more person, he has to prove that and earn that. And that's not done in exchange for this. Right, right. All right. Well, we're going to do one last call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I've called twice, but both times I believe I left something important out, so this time I wrote it up. Here we go. I am 19 and my cousin is 20. We are going on a trip in about a week and a half with her grandparents, my aunt and uncle. We have to go on a plane to get there. I am vaccine boosted, as are her grandparents, and I am about 98% sure that she never got her booster because she didn't even want to get the vaccine until it was mandated by her work. And I don't believe that they required the booster. I plan on wearing a mask on the plane, as I have every time I've traveled since the pandemic. And I believe her grandparents will as well, because they have several pre-existing medical conditions between the both of them. I'm calling because I'm nervous that my cousin won't see a point in wearing a mask, 
Her parents are anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers and have rubbed off on her. And it's not obvious unless you speak to her about it. I don't feel comfortable with her not wearing a mask because we will all be staying in the same condo for the 10 days of the trip. And I really don't want to get COVID again as I've just gotten my lungs back to a semi-normal place from when I got it for the first time in September of last year. Her grandparents were kind enough to pay for my ticket, so backing out is truly not an option. I don't want to start our trip with a big-ass argument, but I'm really just nervous that she's going to refuse to wear a mask and get us all sick. I probably would not have accepted the invitation to this trip had I remembered that this is a concern, but of course, I didn't even think about it until I was making sure I had enough masks to hold me over through my trip this past weekend. I think that's all, so please help, because I'm really unsure of what to do in this situation. Um, her parents have really rubbed off on her, and she refuses to listen to anything else, any other point of view, any other facts, science, things like that. I feel like it's really going to start us off on the wrong foot for this vacation. But, yeah, please let me know any advice that you have. Thank you. I am traveling in June, and I'm going to be with a – I'm traveling, like, on the plane, not with anybody that I know, but I'm meeting a lot of people down and the place that I'm going. And I told the person that's planning on a trip that I was not, I would not go unless everybody that was going was vaccinated and boosted. And she said, totally understand. She agreed with me and she made sure that everybody was vaccine boosted. And I said, like, they need to wear masks on the plane. And she's like, that's not even, you know, I wouldn't invite them if they were like people that weren't wearing masks. And so I, I said all this. She's like, I know how you are. I know that you wouldn't come. First of all, before she even asked me to come on the trip, she said, would you even be comfortable to come? Because she knows how I am. And I said, as long as all these things. And so she checked and made sure. And she wanted to make sure that I was comfortable and she wanted me there. Ash, I just think you should ask your cousin outright. Are you boosted? Do you and will you be wearing a mask on the plane? I don't think there's a way to ask this gently. You just ask them because if not, explain to them that she is putting your grandparents at risk because that's not not just your grandparents, but you too and other people and you're all staying in the same place. And if she can't comply with that, then let your grandparents know too because like do they have any influence on her and can they reach out um and say the same things that you're saying because like it's just cruel if you're gonna put your grandparents at risk it's just cruel yeah my vote is to play the grandparents card i would talk to them first i would be like hey this just occurred to me and like i'm supremely uncomfortable with this i don't feel safe personally I'm concerned about anyone else who is on the flight, like people with a compromised immune systems, people who aren't flying for a, like a luxury vacation that we're doing, like people who are flying for a, for a need, going to see someone who is sick, people with babies, people who just don't have full immune systems there. And then also you both, like I'm so, I'm really not okay with that. And it was an oversight on my part and we need to make sure that she gets her booster. <laughs> And like, think it's like a not even asking them like, hey, what do you think? Like, just like, we're all on the same team here and we need to make sure that we can make this safe for all of us. I don't think that there is a way 
for you to enjoy this trip, protect your safety and your grandparents' safety and all of that. If she decides that she doesn't give a shit about it, I don't think it's worth it for you to go. I don't think you'll have fun. So I get that it's like a free trip, but I think if you're not comfortable and you're not going to have a good time, wasted money, someone else is like wasted. Like that's water under the bridge. Like it's just, it's not important when it comes to all of this. And like, if your grandparents don't want to rock the boat and they're fine with like the risk that also doesn't need to mean that that makes you fine with the risk. Like Mm -hmm. someone with a compromised immune system or someone who's older, um, that's not an innate sense of extra caution and protection. And so you don't have to take their lead. It doesn't need to make you feel more comfortable or more secure. And if you don't want to feel culpable or like you took part in, potentially affecting anyone else's health but also even just putting your own at risk you don't have you don't owe anyone that just because it didn't cross your mind at the moment like that's I don't think it was a personal fault I think like to assume and expect that people should be boosted and doing all of those things like I don't think that you're in the wrong for not double checking and ensuring before you spent your money I think the people who aren't taking precaution about their health and other people's like those are the people who are in the wrong and if that means your grandparent that means your aunt and uncle are out money because they don't want to say anything to her then that's what that means but that doesn't mean that you should risk your safety especially because you said that like you got sick september like you're finally feeling better after getting sick september of last year and so pushing yourself and pushing your immune system after you've dealt with a, a COVID infection that lasted six months, even if you just push yourself and not get COVID again, it can be detrimental to your physical health as well as I think your mental health, specifically with your cousin. I, If she can't abide by this stuff, I just don't think that you're going to enjoy your time. I don't think it'll be worth it for you. You'll be so cautious and looking out for like making sure that you're not getting touching or breathing the same air for a long time Mm -hmm. i mean even just like having to wear like are you all staying in separate rooms you're staying in the same condo condo but do you have separate rooms like that's just a lot because then you have to wear your mask all the time and there's like risk when you're going out and traveling and like that's one that like you can all decide how much you're going to mitigate that risk and like what you're all comfortable with but when it comes to setting yourself up for success with boosters and masks like you've all consented to the possible risk that is getting on an airplane and that is traveling and what maybe it's going to a restaurant all of those things but that's baked in with the baseline of up-to-date vaccines and boosters and a mask and if she can't do that then you're not on the same page with safety precautions right But I'm sorry, this is like, there's absolutely nothing worse than people like, especially because you've been sick for a while. Like I, I really understand looking forward to something as like a reward or as something that like you've been counting down the days to that feels 
like something that old you would have done or pre-COVID you and then having that your basic safety needs, you and other people's basic safety needs not be met. And then you have to miss out on something because other people won't be considerate. Mm -hmm. That's awful. It very much is. Oh. All right. Let's take another break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
All right. Let's get into Don't Blame Them. And Don't Blame Them is where one of you, our listeners, calls in with your own advice pertaining to a call that we played on a previous podcast. So maybe you have personal experience by way of like, it's a professional question and you're like, oh, I'm in that profession or something family related. You have a similar dynamic or, you know, you've just been through similar life event before personally or was close to someone who had it and you have your own insight that you would like to give the caller or you just think you give wonderful amazing great advice which relatable so do we and you would like to share with the class oh yeah here we go hi megan and melissa i'm calling in for don't blame them Uh, if you hear a car in the background i am parked in a mall parking lot so i am not driving I'm calling in for the most recent episode where the caller was talking about uh, how does she break it to her parents that she is no longer religious. I'm just going to echo a lot of what Melissa was saying. I myself identify as Christian, as does my husband, but we just don't go to church. And that was something that my parents specifically had to come to terms with because They were both raised in the church. My mom was raised Irish Catholic. My dad was raised Deep Southern Baptist. And we would always go to church on Saturday night with the Catholics and Sunday morning with the Baptists. As I got to college, I realized that I didn't really want to go to church just because being gay in the church was very traumatizing. And that was something that my parents and I had to come to terms with. And they're now not super okay with it, but they're more okay with it than they were in the beginning because they understand where I'm coming from. And I've kind of had more open conversations like, hey, this is why I decided to not go to church. This is why I decided to stop going to church. I am still a Christian, but I do not want to go to church because there were so many people that just kind of kept invalidating me and kept telling me I'm going to hell just for who I am and who I love. So I very much understand where the caller is coming from of not wanting to be a part of that organization anymore. It's going to be a difficult conversation caller. All I can say is just rip the Band-Aid off and go from there. And it's going to take a couple of years to repair the relationship. So just be prepared for that and definitely do what you need to do to mentally prepare for all of this. Thanks so much. I love the podcast. Bye. Fantastic. Great call. Caller, if you're watching and you saw our reaction, it was it that we, we it was a double whammy on both yeah. parental sides. The specific religious denominations of each parent is mm-hmm. as someone who I didn't grow up with any religion, but I grew up with a parent who was trauma a traumatized Irish former Irish Catholic and it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah I commend every, like, uh, Mots and I, like, I don't even know how we came across, like, talking about it this weekend, but we were just talking about people leaving religions and um, leaving the religions that they grew up in. And, you know, maybe that means forming their own relationship with whatever higher power they believe in or whatever. And I was saying that I was like, that is something that, like, I have done a lot of things in my life that, like, I think require, like, a lot of, like, strength. Mm-hmm. But that is something that, like, I will never, ever know the strength that it takes to do that. And, like, 
when it comes to like the hurdles that like you jump over for your own invalidating your own mental health struggles, having doctors and like all of those things, like I've gone through that shit, but like never once in my life have I ever had to then deal with the, the, vo- the little voice in my head that's saying like, well, maybe am I doing this because I don't believe in God? Like, am I being punished for th-? like, I've never, I'm never going to experience that. And knowing how many people there are who have experienced religious trauma and who have taken the steps to remove themselves from those specific groups and organizations, like is fucking like incredible. Like, it's just like, it's, it's amazing. Like, removing yourself from something that like is the only thing that you've like known and it's this like abstract idea that's so much fucking harder to choose yourself when it it's an abstract like mm-hmm. you're not fighting a person standing in front of you you know what i mean like that's i just think it's um great and i'm glad that someone else was able to call in cuz obviously they can take your specific advice but it's not something that i've had experience with so thank you for the don't blame them caller for also contributing to this yeah oh the church that i grew up in always said like relationship over religion itself which is something that i've always held on to but you know i just realized that a lot of things that happen in churches are just a lot of things that i don't agree with and also aren't in the bible (laughs) and so like people create their own things but i kind of I saw that you liked something that I reposted with this pastor that was talking about just like things like transphobia and stuff. And I was like, that's actually the kind of church that I would want to go to. But they're in Atlanta. But that's if if there was one here, I haven't found any. But if there's one here like that, then, yeah, I probably would be at that church. Yeah, I think a lot of people like it's so valid to like still carry a like a belief system because half the shit that like again I didn't grow up religious but, like half the shit that I know of the people who did it's like all the shit that they taught us and told us to believe would contradict all of this bigotry and hatred that mm-hmm. they would also tell us that wasn't coming from the bible or any religion right. like so like it's this dichotomy of that that like a lot of I think yeah there's a lot of people who I aren't then able to like you have to go out of your way to find a like a a church or a specific religious i don't know what a church or yeah a a community yeah that like like, if it wasn't somebody that was christian but from a different yeah that like aligns with your beliefs as an adult but that's also putting like a lot on people to vet that and Mm -hmm. to know that they're not getting into all of that's like to go through the same shit again i have some friends it's ty and samantha that are every sunday they're going to a different church and trying to find something that like they fit in and it's been difficult, but they, Samantha's posting like the stories from the different churches and like it's reviews hilarious. At the end. Yeah, it exactly is. It's reviews. Well, I think it would surprise a lot of people unless you know a good chunk about LA. LA is like the home of a lot of mega churches and a lot mm-hmm. of like, you'd think in a place that is like super progressive, you'd have a lot of super progressive churches, but it's, not necessarily that it can be kind of like the mask of that and like they're saying that but they're not and if you look deeper into their what they say are their core values and their belief system it's 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 not it's kind of like anti-LA culture and so it's like LA culture is (laughs) inclusive a lot of them are also just a lot of motivational speakers that are using church as a front to 
get money. Propel their careers. Yeah. Yeah. And but to get money is the well, main thing. It's like Cause, fame. Cause having a church is a tax write off. That's why Chris Jenner has a church. Yeah. There's like the fame element. Like your waiters in LA will be aspiring actors, but then a lot of people like you can become famous for being a pastor in LA and then you can be mm-hmm. a personal, like religious, like the person Guru. that celebrities <laughs> lean on. Yeah, yeah. Like so I Hillsong and that shit thrives here. And then like yep. if any a people a lot of people have heard of Hillsong, but like just know that there's like five other ones that are like mm-hmm. slightly smaller than Hillsong that are like competing with Hillsong in LA. Yep. Yeah. Anyways. That's it for our episode. Wow. We hope you all enjoyed. If you did, you can leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We love it so much. You can also follow the our personal Instagrams, individual ones. Tell us how gorgeous we are, how funny we are, how amazing we are. And then we also have a podcast Instagram account, which you can follow. And I will get better at posting on there. And just to... You know, go back to personal accounts. I'll be starting to post some um, content soon. So please follow me. Fantastic. I love that for you. Yep. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Join our Patreon and listen to the rest of the episodes this week. And yeah. Bye. Later. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound and editing by Coco Lorenz. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter.